Hello, and welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hello, this is Buddy C. Welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. Today we have Brian and Drew and Buddy. Good to have you guys today. Going to be talking about the 35th verse of the Tao Te Ching. Any announcements or any helps, go to buddyc.org. A lot of good things there. There's a list of podcasts, uh, both recovery and just spiritual podcasts. The spiritual ones are ones that I personally enjoy that I thought would I would add when I really started looking for a more spiritual walk. These are some of the podcasts I started listening to that helped me to find a path through all those things. Actually, the one that put me onto the Tao Te Ching is there. Um, Spiritual Awakening Radio with James Bean. That's where I first heard of the Tao Te Ching was listening to his podcast. And for any of you guys that like uh, Gnostic literature, like uh, the Gnostic uh, books, that could have been part of the Bible that weren't uh, the book of Thomas and all those other books of the same vein. Uh, He does a lot of episodes on different subjects and that's a subject that he breaches quite often. So if you go, he's got, I don't know how many podcast episodes there, thousands. If you go and search within spiritual awakening radio for some keywords, you can pull up some old podcasts where he's gone through a lot of those things that you might enjoy. I certainly enjoyed it. Still do. Uh, like he did one on Jesus as master rather than savior, which I thought was real interesting. Talking about the teachings of Jesus that relate to him being a teacher, which I've never heard anyone discuss in those in that way. So maybe you'll enjoy that. I certainly do and still enjoy his podcast. Okay. We're going to be talking about the 35th verse of the Tao Te Ching and how it relates to our recovery. Not is philosophizing a word. Maybe it is not philosophizing about the 35th verse, but how it speaks to us. Brian, you want to read for us first, sir? Yeah, sure. I'll start off with the Tao Te Ching in clear English from Jeff Pepper. And it says, holding the great image in its hands, the whole world comes to it. Come to it without, excuse me. Yeah, come to it without hurting each other. There is safety and peace. Music and good food make guests stay. But the Tao's words come out weak and flavorless. Look for it. You can't see it. Listen for it. You can't hear it. Use it. You can't exhaust it. Thank you, Brian. You're welcome. Drew, would you care to read uh, Stephen Mitchell for us? She who is centered in the Tao can go where she wishes without danger. She perceives the universal harmony even amid great pain because she has found peace in her heart. Music or the smell of good cooking may make people stop and enjoy. 
but words that point to the Tao seem monotonous and without flavor. When you look for it, there's nothing to see. When you listen for it, there's nothing to hear. When you use it, it is inexhaustible. This seems difficult, <laughs> this one. It's, not, it's like there's not a whole lot there <laughs> to grab on to. That's the whole point. Yeah. I know these verses are, I always think about them like putting a puzzle together. It's like it's difficult at first, but once you gain some traction, and then pieces start falling into place, I feel like, when we discuss them. Just first thought, I feel like that second stanza kind of goes with chapter 34, because uh, chapter 34 is talking all about what the Tao is and what it is, and kind of going back to that. And the second stanza is just reminding you, um, don't pay too much attention to try to figure out what it is. Try to describe it. Try to look for it. Try to listen for it. It's there. Just use it. Spend your time engaging with life rather than trying to look for the thing that's behind it. I can see that. Buddy, I like to bring the Derek Lynn, and it has some commentary on it and he talks about the image here means the concept of the Tao and the mind. To hold this image in the mind is to manifest a state of illuminated oneness, translucent clarity, and ineffable joy. People are naturally drawn to someone who can do this consistently. To me, that speaks to speaks to being humble, that humility word that keeps coming up, seems like every week. Thank you, Brian. I'm going to read Jonathan Starr, and then we'll start some conversation. Hold fast to the great form within and let the world pass as it may. Then the changes of life will not bring pain, but contentment, joy, and well-being. Music and sweets are passing pleasures, yet they cause people to stop. How bland and insipid are the things of this world when one compares them with Tao. One tastes, but the sweetness turns bitter. One sees, but the colors grow faint. One hears, but the sound fades into silence. One may look for, fu- one may look for fulfillment in this world, but his longings will never be exhausted. The only thing he ever finds is that he himself is exhausted. That sounds so much different than the other translations, doesn't it? Yeah, that's a very different meaning that I take from that than the other two. I had to look and make sure I was reading the right verse. Yeah. Hold fast to the great form within and let the world pass as it may. Then the changes of life will not bring pain, but contentment, joy, and well-being. That's the same as Stephen Mitchell's, she who is centered in the Tao can go where she wishes without danger. She perceives the universal harmony even amid great pain because she has found peace in her heart. So the goal, if we want to look at it that way, would be being centered in the Tao. Gafu Fang says all men will come to him who keeps to the one. 
for there lies rest and happiness and peace. Following the way of the Tao will draw the world to her steps. That's what McDonald says. And Hogan says, when you get right with Tao. So I guess the question, the first question is, how do we get centered in the Tao? It says to do it, but how do we do it? I don't, I want to know how. And it's interesting, it uses the word centered. We've talked about this a lot in the last few weeks about the wheel or the merry-go-round or any of those things you want to think about. If you're centered is the place of rest and peace, not being out on the outside. The further out you are, the more force is working, the more effort it takes to stay where you're at. But if you're in the center, that's the place of rest and peace and contentment. And I can't be in the center of the Tao if I'm pursuing my own agenda. I can't pursue my agenda and stay centered because I think that's the essence of surrender, isn't it? Staying centered. I was thinking (laughs) surrendering and accepting life on life's terms. Yes. Man, it always comes back to that, doesn't it? Yeah. Wish it didn't. (laughs) can we do something other than accept surrender and accept can we do something different please no because that's what it is that's what it's all about that's it that's it and how do i surrender how do i accept for me it first has to do with me taking my eyes off of myself and asking is there a way i can be helpful in this situation that's such a simple question. How can I be helpful? Not doing some huge, not raising the dead. Just how can I be helpful? Huh. How can I show love to others? Yeah. She perceives universal harmony amid great pain. Isn't that what we all want? I know it's what I want to be at peace, regardless of what's going on in my Zen study group. It's been a while back. We were talking about Dogen, which is the father of modern-day Zen, the, the first teacher, the O-G-E-N. And I'm going to butcher the words. I don't remember exactly how he said it, but we're talking about being in the ocean and being on the surface, but yet the bottom at the same time, walking in the ocean. And I didn't have much of an understanding. I didn't think of what that meant. But I was open. And so I finally started realizing today that, oh, no matter how big a storm is above the water, below's the same. It's not different. I'm like, oh, maybe that's what it's talking about. That within, we're at peace regardless of what's going on outside. And you get, I don't know, my thinking is what you get 100 feet down maybe even 50, I don't know, down into the ocean. And eventually you have no clarity as to what's going on the surface. I've heard pretty much the same metaphor flipped upside down where um, in in your life there will be storms and everything like you're on the ground and there will be times when it's raining on you, hailing, tornadoes, who knows. Um, But if you go above the clouds, it's always sunny above the clouds. So no matter what, you know, the storms come, the storms go, 
really, it's always sunny. There may be uh, some difficult moments, but on the other side of those storms, the sun's still always shining. Yeah, that metaphor reminds me of the ocean one. Just when you get a little deep into the ocean, it's going to be the same no matter what's happening in the air above it. We've got examples everywhere, don't we? Mm-hmm. Where we turn is an example that we can observe and can show us our part. Uh, Cleary and the Wentz calls it the way of nature, but W is capitalized and in way of nature. That's the way of the Tao or the way of love. You can think about it that way or compassion, whatever words you want to put on that. Because any word we use is inadequate. We're all describing how the strawberry tastes to someone who's never tasted a strawberry, right? <laughs> that's what we're attempting. That's all these are attempts of that. Uh, that's good. We can be at peace regardless of what's going on in our life. I would not change blank even if I could. Thank you for everything. I have no complaint whatsoever. Let's go to the next stanza. If we're done with that, you guys, any other comments on the first one? Music or the smell of good cooking may make people stop and enjoy, but words that point to the Tao seem monotonous and without flavor. When you look for it, there's nothing to see. When you listen for it, there's nothing to hear. So how do we find it if we're not looking for it or not listening for it, not pursuing spirituality, let's say? Because this is saying, I think, that if you're pursuing it, you cannot find it. I think if we surrender and stay in the solution, like the steps, that we realize it's always there. It's always been there. If I look at my experience with that, Brian, exactly what you said, when I came into recovery, I thought I needed to quit. My problem was alcohol. And for five years, but in and out. I think that time, what I was doing was looking for it and listening for it. I was trying to find it. And what I had to do was surrender and give up the seeking. I cannot find it. And then once I stopped seeking, it showed itself. When I finally said, okay, I'm done. I cannot figure this thing out. Either this happens for me. This is my prayer, literally, was either recovery starts working for me or I'm out of here. I cannot keep doing what I'm doing. Now, all of a sudden, it lifted. And I don't think the craving for alcohol has been back since. And that was 16 years ago. And it was just that simple. What I tried to find year after year, with every ounce of willpower and energy that I had, when I quit looking, it found me. Could it be that, looking at that reflection and mirror, could it be that if I'm looking in my own efforts and in my own power, I'm blocking the ability for it to find me? That our push and our drive is actually working against us, not for us. Yeah. How about this analogy here where it talks about, you know, you smell good, you smell food, you uh, hear music, 
So it's attractive. So that attracts people thinking they want to participate and enjoy what's going on, I would think. And then it says the words of Tao seem monotonous and seem without faith, without flavor. Not that they are monotonous or not that they are without flavor, but they seem to be. And when I came to recovery and I didn't, you know, I see, I made a bunch of money this year. I did this. I did that. I'm so successful. I'm not going to renew my country club membership. Instead, I'm going to join AA. No, that's not the way that was. <laughs> that wasn't on my wish. My bucket list was not to, not to start going to AA meetings. <laughs> It was the opposite. Very last thing I did was come to a meeting. And when I did, I came to a meeting in another town rather than the town I lived in because I didn't want anyone to know I was going to AA as if anyone cared. So it looks like there's nothing here to enjoy or nothing that will nourish us. What's that line in the big book says something about we're not a glum lot. Yes. Yeah, it does. Uh, I'll find that right quick for you. We have been dealing with alcohol in its worst aspect, but we're, we aren't a glum lot. If newcomers could see no joy or fun in our existence, they wouldn't want it. We absolutely insist on enjoying life. Now, that's one thing that I saw in meetings that I didn't expect was laughter. What are these people laughing about? This is serious business. Well, for a lot of us, that's the first time we've laughed in a long time. I attend a Monday morning at 6.30 a.m. meeting, and it's a little bit looser meeting. There's a there's usually some laughter there. We're a very close-knit group, and uh, you know, it's like you get a newcomer, and it's like, I realize you don't find anything funny right now. Stick around a few years and you'll realize that you had some really bad ideas that at the time you thought they were good ideas. And uh, it's good to find some humor in our addiction. That reminds me of the Bible verse that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And there's times when people have allowed their body to heal by laughter. Laughter is so important. Also, try the next time that you are, this works for me, especially with road rage. I'm riding down the road. Let's say somebody comes up on my tail and is just on me. We've got several miles from my house that the speed limit's 45. I'll go 51 because I have, they stay out over here and they're, I say over here's the part that I live in Alabama is nine miles to Georgia. And when I'm going to Georgia, that nine miles, they'll sit. I've seen troopers just sitting and somebody will come up on my tail and just ride until they can get to a place to pass. And I've literally seen this happen. I'd be going along and they'd be riding and they could pass. And within a mile, they're pulled over for a speeding ticket. So I don't, I set my cruise and I just do it. Even though I don't like it, that's what I do. And what I learned was when somebody does that, if I'll, and they can't see me, but if I'll just smile at them, 
my whole demeanor changes by me change taking that action of just smiling and i have to force myself and it's an ugly smile and there's nothing pretty about it <laughs> but i just smile if i can make my face smile i change my attitude changes within for some reason i don't understand that try that the next time that you're in a situation not something where people can see you but just for yourself and just see if your attitude does not start changing yeah just interrupt me if you've got a comment we'll just keep talking look for it there's nothing to see i think that goes with me trying to understand it i'm trying to understand how recovery works forget it i'm not going to be able to under how does surrender work we're not taught to surrender in any other part of our life i was never taught to surrender about anything it was always the opposite you double down you work harder you do better you learn more and you keep at it keep at it keep at it but this is saying really the opposite surrender is the opposite of that and it's really it's not doing nothing but it's changing what you do so your efforts aren't put toward push your efforts are put toward how can i help someone else and when i do that then i start changing acceptance of whatever situation you're in brian and we can't and that's the great thing about compassion what that does for us is it brings us back to the moment because we can only be compassionate in this moment mm-hmm. that's the only time so when I think of you instead of me, when I say, how can I help Brian? I'm coming to the moment. And that's the only place we can experience joy. That's the only place we can have peace is in this moment. Not, oh, I'm going to do that tomorrow. That never brings us peace. That's where what fear does. Fear takes us into worry and regret <laughs> yesterday and tomorrow. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. Let me, I'm going to read my interpretation of verse 35 uh for any new listeners if you go to buddyc.org uh i was i'm grateful that i was able to pin a, a interpretation of how i how these verses relate to my recovery if you go to the website buddyc.org and email me from the site i'll send you a pdf of the book of the latest publication of the book no charge. No, I'd love to get this out in as many places and people as I can that it would help. The limitlessness of recovery. Those who grasp recovery attract all good things, enjoying peace and contentment without suffering harm. Not to say bad things don't happen because life is life, but our attitude toward the good and the bad can be the same. It can be a place of contentment. Good things can bring me angst just as much as bad things if i'm not careful travelers who pass by may stop if they hear music or smell fine food words spoken about recovery seem dull and uninteresting look and there's nothing to see listen and there's nothing to hear surrender and recovery is limitless when you use it it is inexhaustible it tells us all these things that appear to be limiting you think of the word i think a couple of weeks ago Lori brought this up about being used could have some negative connotations to it but how do we use the Tao? how do we use god how do we use love how do we 
all those different words that we put to talk about what is, how do we use that? It says when we use it, it's inexhaustible. So if there's a goal, it would be to use it. First, it would be the goal would be to be centered. And then the goal is to use the Tao. We're centered in it first, and then we use it at the end. And the rest in the middle describes it, I think. That's never exhausted. No matter how much you use, there's still plenty left. I think for me, it's just letting letting the dust in my mind settle and getting out of my way, getting my ego out of the way. Um, just kind of cl- clearing the space out for for the Tao to have room to um, to guide me when whenever I'm in those moments of clarity. Um, but it's not hard for me to determine the next right thing to do or to find somebody to help or be compassionate to something like that. Um, it, it's when I'm in my own selfish pursuits. That's when that's when I'm not. I'm not allowing the doubt to be used through me. Getting out of my own way will help me let it work through me and continue working through me. And our whole point, I think, Drew, for introducing compassion into our life is we're realizing that mirror that we never realized before. I get what I give. So if I want peace and joy in my life, I need to be open to helping others find peace and joy. And then I get back what I give every time. If I'm giving anger and resentment, guess what I'm going to get back? Every time. Every time. If I'm giving drama, I'm going to get drama back. If I'm giving resentments, guess what I'm going to get back? So I guess the question would be two questions in that, that I thought of when you were talking, Drew. What are we using the Tao for? That would be the first question. So are we using it like I might have used to use God, praying for all these good things for me to bless me, to bless my family, to all those things? Or am I using it to be a part of finding my place? And all those things I thought that I would have in the past I realize now that's not the source of my peace and joy, which is what we're looking for anyway, our contentment and our happiness, so to speak. Those things don't bring us peace and joy. Never brought me peace and joy. Whether I had a bunch of zeros in the bank or none, I was still unhappy. I've told this story before. I've flipped a house. This was in my, I don't know, early 30s. And I was fussing because I was going to have to go to one of those big checkbooks instead of the little pocket ones because I couldn't keep the zero straight. I'm fussing about the zeros in my checkbook. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. I caught myself and I said, I don't know what the answer is, but I know these zeros are not it or I would be happy Dude. right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you thought. Yes. If I can get these many zeros in the bank, I will be happy. And I got those zeros in the bank, and I was not happy. I was fussing about something that was irrelevant. This brings up something that I've struggled with. I've known some people in recovery that it's it. you don't never know 
where the miracle's going to happen and who's going to get it and who's not. You, know, you see somebody that's just in terrible shape and you're like, this guy's going to stick around. And then a month later, they decide it's not for them. <laughs> and I've known some people that, a uh, couple of people that, frankly, their wealth has kept them from a bottom. It's It's been a real curse. They've been able to buy their way out of unmanageability. Man, I caught myself in a situation yesterday. I heard about a guy that came in for a little bit and decided it wasn't for him. And uh, it's it's one of these situations where on the outside looking in, it looks like this guy's got it all together. And I was going to work, and I was like, man, why can't I have a big business with 100 employees? Why can't I have a nationwide company wanting to buy my business? and bring a rail car load of money. And and I thought, man, I am so thankful I don't have that because it's not meant to be for me. And uh, Not and at this just, moment, Brian. Not, not at, at this, this moment, moment. Not at this moment. That's exactly right. Not at this moment. And, man, I'm just, I'm, you know, and I just immediately started going through the things in my head. I was like, I got a wife that loves me. I've got... You know, today all I got to worry about is caulking some screws. I got beautiful weather. I'm only going to work half a day. I just, I just really started going through that stuff in my head, and man, I'm just thankful for the things that matter. Thank you, Brian. When we think about the Dow as being inexhaustible, what if we said? What if we flip that around to love or compassion? Let's read that verse replacing thou with compassion, let's say. He who is centered in compassion, she who is centered in compassion can go where she wishes without danger. She perceives the universal harmony yet amid great pain because even amid great pain because she's found peace in her heart. Music or the smell of good cooking may make people stop and enjoy but words about compassion seem monotonous and without flavor. That's really true. (laughs) When you look for compassion, there's nothing to see. When you look at it, when you listen to compassion, there's nothing to hear. But when you use compassion, it's inexhaustible. Inexhaustible in what way, though? Okay, I can think of inexhaustible as, well, turning on the money spigot. Or I could think of it like peace and joy. I think it's just inexhaustible in whatever way that we need. Whatever it is that we think we need, compassion is inexhaustible in bringing that to us or us realizing that we have it, whatever way you want to describe it. And that's the struggle, isn't it? How am I going to, well, let's put it back to recovery, working with others page 89 in the big book practical experience shows that nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics it works when other activities fail working with another alcoholic does not from the outside does not look like it would do anything for us very unattractive find a world would i want to do that maybe i'll help some i'll be helpful 
once I have this figured out, when I've been sober 10 years, maybe I'll start helping then. That's the normal train of thought that once you learn, then you would help someone else, that kind of thing. But this is about the way I see this is tapping into that experience that comes with the first day of sobriety. It's not about the head knowledge of how to do it. It's the heart knowledge of how it's working for me. So that's the real compassion is sharing how our life is working for us, not sharing something we've learned or the way we think it should be or what you should do. It's sharing how it's working for me. I mean, I hear all the time, how does effortless effort work? You've got to do something as if that means I sit on the couch and eat Cheetos all day and watch Big Valley reruns. (laughs) That's not what I do. There's effort. It's not effort toward my selfishness, dishonesty, and resentment toward my fear. It's effort toward helping someone else with their fears. If it's no more than saying a prayer for them, we all know people who are struggling with the same things we struggle with. So when we struggle, what do we do? We pray for someone else that's struggling. And if we don't have someone in mind, we ask the higher power to show us someone. Or just say out loud. You don't even have to believe. Say, I would like someone to help. Can you please show me someone? Just say it out in the air as if you're saying it to the tree or something. It doesn't matter. What really matters in my thinking is that we surrender to it. When you ask, you're surrendering. You're saying you cannot do it yourself. It doesn't matter what you believe. What matters is the actions you take, in my experience. That's the inexhaustibility of this thing. That's the using. Comments? Buddy, for me, it's that getting out of myself and being there for others. If I get a phone call and I'm in the middle of something and or I get a text that says, hey, do you have a minute? Stopping what I'm doing and saying, you know what? Yeah, I do. I've got a minute to take a break. And uh, just asking somebody, taking a call, what's going on and just listening. It always makes me feel better. It always helps me by helping you. No matter how much disturbance we see on the surface, we go down underneath and do within. It's all the same. It's all the same. It's no different when uh, a hurricane is going on the surface or it's calm and clear as glass. No difference. I think even when we let it take us off, that it's still the same. That's our misperception, I think, of what's going on. It's not that it gets disturbed, but it's it's always settled and serene. But we're believing the delusion, so it's taking us out of that serenity and peace that we have all the time. It's there. We're just believing the delusion. Kind of like driving by that big monster house. It may not have any furniture in it. You don't know what goes on behind those doors. Getting caught up in that. Getting caught up in that that social media world. And then we eventually realize, Brian, that one day we drive by that house and we don't even think about it. We're like, wow, I'm changing. Yeah. Being envious. 
or we're cleaning our house and we say, man, I'm glad I don't have that place down the street. <laughs> and then we eventually get to a place, Brian, where we don't even judge about it. Yeah. It's that's irrelevant. It. Mm -hmm. it's irrelevant. We're content with what we have. Not only are we content with what we have, we can, we're content with who we are. Yeah. And the second question that I didn't talk about yet on what are we using this inexhaustible what is for? The second question is who is using it? In Zen, that's what we talk about a lot. Who is thinking? Who is angry? Who is dissatisfied? Who is unhappy? And when I start looking at it, I realize it's really impossible for me to be unhappy. The real me. Just like it's impossible that what's happening on the surface is going to dictate what's happening below so far. I don't know the footage, but you get so far down, it's not going to matter. It's impossible for me to be alone. If I'm feeling alone, I'm believing the delusion. I just need to go a little deeper. I'm on the surface instead of I'm gauging my life by what's happening above rather than going deeper and seeing that it's really still and stable. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. So the solution is always, again, going within. And the way I go within, my actions are to, can I find a way to get compassion or gratitude into this situation? Yeah. That may be what I've learned, and I've mentioned this before. I've learned that if I'm having difficulty with someone, used to use this a lot for work. I used to use this a lot with my son because I was unhappy with what he was doing. I wanted to be in college and do and use his life, and he was choosing not to. And I would, my sponsor taught me to look for something good that I could um, use gratitude with him. In the corporate world, they learn to start any negative feedback with something positive. That's very, that's a very known practice. So we do the same thing. What am I grateful for in that person? And I start with that. I, I learned my sponsor suggested I start amends the same way. What am I grateful for in that person? I can find something that I'm grateful for if I sit with it for a while. And I start the amend with something I'm grateful for. That, in effect, brings us deeper to where it's more peaceful, less turbulence. That's using compassion, in my thinking, as a tool. And that's the one thing that doesn't change. Everything else changes, but compassion, love, or God, if you prefer, does not change. That's the one thing that does not change. Compassion works every time, and it's an example. I've never seen anyone or heard anyone say, I reached the limits of love. No, <laughs> that doesn't happen. You know, it doesn't happen. Hmm. That's good. Thank you, guys. Mm -hmm. Anything else? I think we heard what we could out of that. Mm -hmm. Big thing for me to remember from this, one of my big takeaways is, I can't believe what my eyes see or my ears hear. I cannot believe that. I've got to look within and keep looking within. And I can see things more clearly. 
that inside job. Yeah. Which is never going to be finished, Brian. I don't think it's ever, mm-hmm. we're never done with that. I think that onion just keeps peeling more. Yeah. And more. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But we know the direction that we're heading now. We know the solution and it's simple. How can I find gratitude in this? How can I be helpful? It's not in the big things. It's in the little things for me. That's what I shared in a meeting Tuesday and I and this newcomer. And I said, my best ideas brought me a lot of pain. And I said, it's, it's, it's almost like Brian is feral. And there's, there's instances where I just don't know. I said, but one thing I do know, the solutions in this book, solutions in this room. And if I just stick to that, I'm going to be okay, no matter what. It took me a long time to get to that point. Yeah. To humble myself and say, you know what? I don't know. And learning to approach more and more of life from that place of I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how many times a day, even in the simplest of tasks, I would just say to myself or out loud, I'm powerless over this. I do not know what to do. I am open to a better solution than what I've came up with myself. Try that sometime, even in things that you think you know, and see what happens. I'm amazed at the solutions that just come to mind, even about things that I'm very well versed in, like business things that I think I know a lot. I appreciate you guys being here today. We've had a good conversation. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.